Awesome. Okay. So I'm sitting here with Ben Christ, reminding me. (gasps) Start over. Now I get the joke. (laughs) Okay. So I'm sitting here with Ben Christ, correct? Okay. And remind me of your role again, because I know you recently switched it up. Yeah. So I am a director within Central Operations and uh, manage a couple different functions within there. One is the data assurance team. Uh, Second is our shared services team. And then third is a programs team, which manage a variety of uh, different programs that are happening within LinkedIn um, all the time. So. Awesome. Sounds like fun. With that being said, what is your day-to-day like? Uh, day-to-day is different every day, so there's no real set schedule on a daily basis. Um, so it's a lot of, um, I think it's a mixture. There's a mixture of... Uh, People management, one-on-one conversations, career conversations with the team, conversations around things that are happening in the my direct reports or their all their organization, the world uh, that they manage. Um, there's specific programs that I'm uh, more heavily involved in at different points in time, um, and and other projects where I am like digging in a little bit deeper and maybe um, uh, helping to to run certain parts of them. Okay. Uh, and then there's a variety of just kind of recurring, regularly scheduled meetings that are updates on programs or processes that were that were changing. Um, so it's a lot of meetings, and then uh, I try to save some time on the side for uh, like getting getting my hands a little dirtier uh, and trying to get more involved in some part of the business. Mm-hmm. Got you. So ideally, where would you like to focus more of your time on if you could? Uh, less on email, less on <laughs> meetings, uh, and more on like specific programs that are helping to make the business better and make LinkedIn a better place. Sounds like a good plan. It's very solid. Maybe if you had somebody on the side to work your emails, you'd have that time. Yeah, I know. I know. We, don't, we don't do that a whole lot here. No, but, um... definitely don't. You don't see that at all, <laughs> which is probably great in that sense because then you don't feel like you're just kind of shadowing someone and living in their shadow. Right. So kind of helps. Yeah. <laughs> So I noticed that you've been part of the LinkedIn family since June of 2015, and you quickly moved up to the global head of order management in less than one year. How? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I came in um, with some experience outside of LinkedIn. Obviously, I, I, um, I started my, like, well, I had jobs in high school and college, but a lot of that was um, like caddying and golf course. And like, I did one internship and, and to be honest, hated it because I, did, did not want to spend my my one summer like sitting in an office mm-hmm. and so I didn't ever do that again I went back to to working either in the summertime as a caddy and then in the winter time I worked at like a luggage store in the mall uh, just for some extra money I my first job was at uh, the Federal Reserve Bank in um, down the street uh, well I was in Atlanta not here but, great <laughs> um, uh, yeah same same thing here and I worked on a team that did electronic payments and so it was an operations team that did uh, like direct or direct deposits mm-hmm. and payroll and like direct debits for things like rent or mortgage payments or bills or whatever it might be. And so um, I went from there and went back to school at nighttime to do uh, MBA and then went into consulting um, in banking and finance. And so I did like 10 years in, in consulting where I learned a variety of different skills and uh, and needed a change or wanted to change so that I could get off the road traveling. 
And so that's why I looked at LinkedIn and, um, and came to LinkedIn. So I had a variety of different experience, a lot of within operations, a lot within managing, managing teams and things like that prior to coming into LinkedIn. Um, my first role at LinkedIn was to manage a, a large program that had a lot of, um, a lot of various stakeholders in sales and uh, sales operations mm -hmm. and finance and HR and a recruitment team all, kind of all, all across the board. It was for the planning program. And so that gave me a visibility and allowed me to build some relationships with some people who um, were instrumental in then helping me find like my next role. Uh, it also uh, worked out that the, the person who I was working for, uh, Niall, who's still in central operations, was, um, was leading the, the order management, it was called at the, team, at the time, or mm -hmm. SPA, uh, sales process analyst. Uh, now it's called Deal Desk. Um, and so he was leading that. He was moving on to his next job, and so the, the job opened up for me. And so I was able to move into his former role and, um, and uh, able to lead that team for a couple of years. So. That is amazing. Yeah. It's so, great to know how you just kind of wiggled in there. <laughs> yeah, I wiggled in, but I, yeah, I, you know, I think the relationships were key. I think mm -hmm. I was working closely with a number of the people on the team, a number of the managers, um, uh, through that planning process because there were some key things that were happening. And then I was, I was also just trying to learn as much as I could about how LinkedIn worked. Because um, it was, mm -hmm. like I said, I did all banking prior, so I had no knowledge, so it was like totally overwhelmed by mm -hmm. how things worked um, in my first six months, and like finally things started clicking, but it took a while. I think it does really take a while. Yeah. <laughs> coming from a completely different background, coming into LinkedIn, like I forgot whether or not I had shared this with you or not when we first met, but the last six years of my life, I spent it just doing massage therapy, so... It was a smooth transition in the sense that this is a very laid-back place. There is no micromanaging, which is amazing. But you need to be able to have that discipline, and you really got to be on top of your time management being here. Yeah. If not, you're definitely going to get into some kind of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> so it was very interesting to me. I've never heard of Salesforce. I've never touched it, never played with it. Same with Oracle. So me coming into this, I'm looking at everything. I'm like, what is going on? What is this stuff? What did I just get myself into? But I'm glad I was able to adapt fairly quickly. It took yeah. me like three months, three and a half months to really understand my role and feel comfortable enough in it to help the next person. Yeah, I think that timing is pretty standard for the deal desk team. It's a, um, the operational teams that we like, that within central operations mm -hmm. between deal desk, data assurance, and media operations are all really complex. And so they, they external, like the sales, sales reps perspective mm -hmm. will be that it's like, straightforward just get this done but there's a lot more that goes into all of those um and so you know, a oh, couple yeah. months of learning is not is not uncommon <laughs> i can definitely see that i mean i've heard maybe about two months ago i believe it was matt norn had introduced me to some of the sales reps up on the fourth floor and they told me that deal does has been doing more now than they have been in the last what would be now eight months so I was just completely mind blown by that. I was like, what? <laughs> like, you're kidding me. Everything that I'm learning, it is that new. That's insane. <laughs> so it's very interesting. And on top of that, with our what weekly global meetings to hear what else is changing. Yeah. I think that's pretty interesting. It's fun and it's different for sure. I'm not used to an ever-changing environment like that. But having that project management background from Europe, I think that kind of set me up to find that to be a little bit more of a norm. 
especially in tech companies because technology it's ever growing (laughs) just like medicine moves pretty rapidly yes it does not wait for anybody that is probably the biggest highlight i've taken out of this it just does not wait for anybody (laughs) um all right so what does it take in your opinion to become a successful deal desk strategist yeah i um so as we were just talking about it's a really complex process and so I think you have to understand like the foundational aspects of how our uh, processes work and why we do certain things. And so I, I don't think like that initial couple months of investment and learning, um, I think are really key. And so not, not only like um, what to do, but why you're doing it and what the implications are beyond just the deal desk role. And so mm-hmm. uh, as, as I'm sure you've learned the, like the actions that we take impact our customers uh it impacts our the billing team on how they bill then from there it impacts our collections team uh, if things are building correctly or customers are not paying it impacts um the commissions mm-hmm. of sales reps and so when you start impacting someone's paycheck people get mad yeah, people, people <laughs> get mad people care about that uh and so there's a lot of downstream things that happen from actions that are taken on a like every minute basis within mm-hmm. the best team and so really understanding why you do things and what the implications are and how that impacts different stakeholders and different teams is really important to be successful in the role so that you can uh, uh, understand not only just the, the, the regular routine activities, but the exceptional activities mm-hmm. that always come up where you may not, it may not be written down in the, the um, training materials like, when you face this situation, yeah, this is what not. you do. They are not there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so you need to be able to like think independently, and to think independently, you need to understand why we do mm-hmm. why why we do the right the normal the standard things and what the implications of those are. So when you deal with the exception, you can say, okay, well, because of this, I think these are the these are the right steps. And then um, I think the other key part of it is that you have to uh, get to know the team because you're always going to be dealing with something that is. Oh yeah. Uh, not non-standard and you have to know that the team is there to support you and that you're there to support the team and being able to ask questions and bounce ideas off of each other mm-hmm. uh is really important especially in chicago where there's no like field desk managers <laughs> no uh, it's just... you just have nothing but seniors yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's um, as close as we're gonna get but it's a great start and i'm so grateful that they're all very knowledgeable i hate this whole two hour time gap sometimes yeah, yeah. because i would want to reach out to someone else because I feel like I kind of maybe probably bother a little bit too much. Right? At first I oh, felt sure. that way, but I'm glad I got that reassurance of like, trust me, you are now. We want you to do good and not mess up because we are part of the bigger picture. And like you mentioned, if we screw up somewhere, it affects a lot of people very quickly. Yeah. And nobody's ever happy when you play with their food yeah. at the end of the day. That's right. <laughs> and well, I think the other part is that you, you, know, you talk about bothering them and I don't, I don't think you are. Um, Not at all. <laughs> even when you look at the seniors who are he- who are here, they're often asking each other questions. Oh yeah. They haven't dealt with situations, or uh, it's not written down somewhere. Mm-hmm. They've just they haven't done with it, dealt with it in six months. So um, it's not the same thing happens when you start talking to the managers. It wouldn't matter if you're talking to Sandra mm-hmm. or Sandy or Wes or any any of those managers uh, who you may have gotten to know either remotely or through their visits. Uh, they do the same thing. They sit there and like. How did we handle this before? Why did we do it this way? Why are we doing it this mm-hmm. way? And have all those discussions on a weekly basis. And so um, the, the relationships and the, 
the trust that you have within your teammates is really important for deal desk and then I think also for like oh, successful yeah. teams and oh any, for sure for sure like I'm part of the sales training tiger team with Sandy Clay mm-hmm. Gladys Nizzy couple other wonderful women and it is amazing being part of that team not only helping like hey I see you don't have that time let me help you there <laughs> I helped to draft the uh a quick narrative for a voiceover that we were going to do for the whole training initially which was very extremely detailed very extremely informative had all the different cross-functional partners jump in on it once I was completed with it and it was great to not only see the comments that they left like hey this is a great question that you're asking on this portion we see why the clarification needs to be there and it really helped that I came at it with the freshest pair of eyes especially onto this team I realized it helped a lot and so a lot of it was based around the order to cash (laughs) I feel like if you don't understand the order to cash you're not going to understand the job period you're not going to understand why we do what we do and why it's ultimately needed I felt like that was the one task that I took on that really put absolutely everything in perspective. And that's actually where I got a lot of my content, too, for the PowerPoint presentation. Yeah. <laughs> Almost, I want to say at least 80% of that came from there. That's so I great. felt like it yeah. was very amazing, very helpful. It wasn't just, okay, I have to do this just to do it. Fine. Yeah. So and that I was an amazing thing. The good, the, I think the thing that you'll learn is you... Um, as you think about other companies and you think about like how the rest of like business businesses work, you're dealing with the exact same problems. They do things differently. They have different systems. They call them different things, mm-hmm. but it's basically like how do you sell things and how do you get paid for the, uh, for what you're always. selling? Always. <laughs> <laughs> so it's always order to cash um, and uh, and all the other things that go along with it. Um, yeah, that's definitely fair. Like I come from. <laughs> just this huge hustle mentality like I said for the last six years and I don't think I can easily break away from that so I can kind of emphasize what half of these sales reps like cool I get it I understand but here's the thing (laughs) (laughs) so it definitely does help and there are some of our processes within deal desk where you kind of need to not only have you know that recognition for the hustle but you also need to have some sort of like sales experience to really help you understand what it is that we're doing and how it is that we help. Yeah. yeah. So it's an amazing, interesting thing. I feel like Deal Desk alone is its own beast. Yeah. <laughs> we're small but mighty, for sure. <laughs> um, all right, so next question. What are three things you look forward to when you come to the office, when you do come? <laughs> yeah, I come in most days. <laughs> <laughs> most days, um, that's fair. You travel a lot. Yeah, travel that's some sure. and then uh, it's a long commute, so sometimes take advantage of that um the three things that i look forward to most i think one is just like the energy and the team within chicago that's probably number one uh it's great when you come in and just like people are having fun and uh they're working hard but they are also having fun and like Mm -hmm. making jokes and and uh just the the energy of the little the little corner that we're in now is uh (laughs) it's great so I, i look forward to that uh the second thing is i i i i I always try to learn something new, and it doesn't happen every day. Um, or I'm re- re- recalling things that I've learned in the past, but I'm. At, and I think if you're not learning on a daily basis something new, then you're going to get bored, and you're going to get uh, tired of your job, and you're going to want to do something different. And so, I try to get involved in different projects or initiatives or other things going on uh, within Central Ops or within LinkedIn, so that I can constantly be learning and mm-hmm. challenging myself. 
Uh, and then the third thing is just obviously like the food and the perks and uh, the benefits <laughs> of LinkedIn. Like it's a pretty amazing. That is a good selling point for everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing. I, 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 w- I wonder how long it lasts all, all the time. Like I'm, one day I'm just going to come in and be like, yeah, no, kitchen, barista, it's gone. <laughs> Maybe this is why they do bring your own lunch. <laughs> right. right, that's right. Just to test everybody, you better make sure you're appreciating it. <laughs> <laughs> See if you still know how to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Um, so I think that's just a pretty cool place to work and different uh, work environment than I have ever experienced anywhere else. So. I can imagine because banking, I feel like, is very extremely formal. Yeah. I know that was one of the biggest things I stressed out during my learning and development phase at Europe. I would constantly go back to my coaches and I would tell them, you already know how I am. I'm a colorful person. I am one to be like, yeah, POC, person of color all right (laughs) so i'm very proud of like my roots i'm very proud of my heritage i'm extremely proud of where i come from and on top of that i'm very aware of the world that we live in have been living in because not much has really changed (laughs) so being fairly aware of all of these things and growing up where my mom is like don't ever accept no you can take on whatever the next person can take on don't sell yourself short ever they kind of noticed that <laughs> during those first six months. And when I started really stressing that, I do not want to be in a bank. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. No <laughs> bank, no bank, no bank. <laughs> Since we have our partnerships with the Federal Reserve, yeah. also with Chase and Bank of America, I'm like, this is not, no. I want to succeed. I don't want to be set up for failure. Please do not. <laughs> right. So I know I was being considered for Salesforce, but then you guys had opened up new seats in new departments here at LinkedIn, even though we've always been partners. So that was really, really great to learn that me and Raquel, we were being put into these positions that were not only brand new to Europe, but they had to have been open for the strongest students, yeah. which made me kind of put a lot of things in perspective. I'm like, that's cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I kind of have some myself doubt every now and again thinking, am I really capable? Am I really able to? So to learn all of that was very, very exciting. And then to come into the environment because... Full disclosure, I knew nothing about LinkedIn other than it being basically Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. Everything that you guys have to offer, it is just insane. The fact that we have a game room too. <laughs> yeah. You have to have a good amount of discipline, like self-discipline for sure, in order to not only strive here, but to be here successfully. Yeah. So that was a very cool eye-opener for me, I'd say. And on, on like coming in from like a diverse background, do you feel like it's an open place for that extremely that's good i mean i have my mexican flag hanging at my desk (laughs) i'm like i have to own my heritage no matter what wherever i go (laughs) it is another thing that like not only did i grow up being stressed that of hey before anything else you are mexican even though you're born here yeah i dropped the identity of being mexican american and it's really hard growing up like that trying to figure out okay what is your identity because you're not accepted there for not being there you're not accepted here for not being really from here like that so I grew up dropping that American identity and just full-on stuck onto Mexican, and it's something I'm passing on to my children. Like, no, before anything else, you are this. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Look at your last name. If that doesn't tell them something, I don't know what to tell you, and I don't know what to tell them, but you better own it. <laughs> at the end of the day, that's all what you have. You have your name, you have your identity, nothing else. Yeah. So I think that's very important, and I see that being owned here. I see that being honed here, and it's just it's amazing. I love it. I love it, I love it, especially with Leah. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. like, this is insane. Like, the fact that there wasn't this here, and now it's here. <laughs> that is so cool, because I feel like LinkedIn is, or at least within DLDS department, 
it is so heavily concentrated with Asians. It is insane. <laughs> yeah. So I was surprised to learn that they didn't have anything here. They didn't have an ERG in LinkedIn. I'm like, how? <laughs> well, yeah, because California is a little bit different, like in terms of the diversity of the population. Mm-hmm. I think it, generally the population is much more Asian, and so um, in Chicago, it's very, it's very different from a, a diversity standpoint. So yeah, um, uh, yeah, part of uh, and you get that was. Um, some of the team who moved from California were, were unsure of what Chicago would be like being uh, Asian. I could imagine. That. I could imagine because um, it sounds like they all they know is Californian. That's yeah. their world. Right. There's nothing wrong with that because like, I'm yeah, born different. in Orange County, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, I didn't spend that much time there to really say. But <laughs> <laughs> even then, like visiting California throughout the years, I can see why people from California just kind of feel like the world is basically California when it's really not you go from coast to coast cultures are entirely different right it is insane yeah yeah i appreciate how like they they like recognize that there's different Mm -hmm. cultures and that the diversity is important um and then i also appreciate how on like a day-to-day basis it doesn't matter like yeah the way that we work together (laughs) doesn't matter like there's there's no which is no consideration of where you're from or what you know your background is and who your, who your parents are yeah any of that just kind of a, a team and kind of a melting pot and so that's really which is really great because at the end of the day like not diversity that is not the word i'm looking for discrimination it's a very 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 real thing to yeah. literally anybody and everybody it doesn't matter where you come from what you are if that all doesn't matter it's a very real thing so to come here and have it be like we are all our own family in that sense in that aspect it's really, really great, and then we have these team outings where not only we grow closer together as a whole, but those relationships at LinkedIn, it isn't saying when they say it matters because it really does matter. Yeah. yeah. So it's great that it's something that is taken very serious. You don't want to, nobody wants to work with somebody that they cannot stand at the right. end of the day. Nobody right. wants to work with someone they cannot get along. So it's nice to see that LinkedIn is the complete opposite of that, complete opposite of literally anywhere I've ever worked. Since I was 18, so the last almost eight years of my life. <laughs> so it's very, very interesting. Yeah, well, good. It's an interesting turnaround. I love it. It makes me not want to leave whatsoever. <laughs> um, is there anything you wish you could have done different early into your career? Uh, early in my career? Um, I think, so I think t- probably two things that stand out to me is I, I think the first is I would have, love to try to find like opportunities where I could go and work overseas or do something different. Um, uh, I did, I, I had to do a little bit, but it was, wasn't something that I like actively seeked out. And so I mm-hmm. think taking some risks in that regard, whether that being like, you know, um, just moving, I, I grew up in Atlanta, so I lived in Atlanta until I was, um, until like five years ago. So, um, wow. moving outside of Atlanta <laughs> and just going and doing something different, like whether that be, uh, to to Europe or to you know South America or somewhere else, just trying something different to like have a different experience, would have been um, something that I think I missed out on. The second thing I wish I had done a little bit different was like become like a real expert in something. And so moving into the consulting world, I um, you had to be like uh, semi expert in a lot of different things because mm-hmm. every project, whether that be like a year long project or a six week project you had to come in and you had to just like learn pretty quickly, but yeah. not go super, super deep. And so I wish I had like become like an expert in something so that I could then 
take that and still grow from there and learn mm-hmm. different things, but always have that one thing that I know like I, I know more I know more about this one subject than anyone else, and I think yeah. it creates some different opportunities for me that um, whether that be like entre- entrepreneurial opportunities or just some opportunities within uh, a company, um, uh, probably would have changed up my career trajectory a little bit. Gotcha. Do you ever feel like it might be a little bit too late for you or is it something you kind of oh. still want to tackle? I know LinkedIn, it provides a lot of people with the opportunity to travel both within the U.S. and outside. So is that something that you kind of feel you are catering to now or? Uh, well, we moved to California for a couple of years before coming back to Chicago. My wife is from here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did that. I think now we have a couple young kids and so my wife's a little hesitant to go beyond the U.S., um, and beyond, like, where family can get to us pretty quickly, <laughs> uh, but we'll, uh, we'll see. I'll try to convince her. Where would you like to go, if you could pick anywhere? Uh, no, I, I've been to Australia, so I probably want to go work there. No way. There, so. Why Australia? Um, just people are great. The environment is great. It's a beautiful place, pretty laid back. Um, people work hard, play hard. It's like a pretty it's a pretty great place and then you're like, it's just a very different culture as well so because mm-hmm. um, so. I know here in the US we're like extremely work driven and life literally revolves around work everywhere else outside of the US opposite yeah <laughs> that's for sure without yeah, a doubt Australia is th- that way as well so. <laughs> <laughs> interesting if you could have gotten that okay from your wife to just uproot would you do it in a heartbeat then I I don't know about a heartbeat, but uh, <laughs> uh, I, if I it was that possible, I'm not I'm not that spontaneous of <laughs> a person. Um, so we would uh, we would we'd figure out a way to do it. Yeah, um, if she if she was up for it, then I think like getting that chance to move overseas and have that mm-hmm. experience, and and also now with the kids, like have them have experience that's yeah. more than just Chicago or yeah. Atlanta or <laughs> San Francisco or New York. Name your city in the United States. Yeah, uh, having them get some experience that shows them like different different cultures and where different people come from and mm-hmm. that, you know um not everything is like you experience when you go to target and walmart um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that is so funny <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah we'll, we'll have to give them that experience somehow or mm-hmm. another but i don't know uh, we'll see if my wife agrees to uproot and move <laughs> i feel like that's just a very difficult like me being a mother as well i think i feel like even just leaving chicago is way too difficult I would need to have, I'm very close to my oldest sister, so I would need to have her within 30 minute drive. Yeah. <laughs> my mom, I'm fine. I got used to having her outside of Chicago, so getting to her house is about 40 minutes, which isn't that bad for me. I'm so used to driving all the time anyways. <laughs> right. anyways. And so with that being said, I just feel like I can't, I had the opportunity last year to move out to Texas, pretty close to the border. Right. And I just could not bring myself to accepting. I'm like, no, I'm so heavily rooted here. I love everything that I have here already. On top of that, like with my children's daycare center, my son's um, his elementary school, I feel like they really set the bar so high up yeah. in terms of what education and care looks like, what genuine quality looks like. And so the idea was to move into Fort Hood, Texas, into a military base. Yeah. Yeah. They have the worst, <laughs> like, quality of schools, the worst quality of daycares. And I did extensive research. I'm like, I cannot. Yeah. It's one thing to be away from family, completely away from my family. And it's another thing to sell my children short. 
it's one thing to sell yourself short, but your children, it's like, uh, yeah, not going to give in. That's fair. So I can definitely relate yeah, with her not wanting to. Yeah, some of those boxes need to be checked for the kids to make oh, sure God, that they yeah. it's very, they, uh, yeah. they need. So. It is very surprising, though, to learn that that's what it's like, considering that it's a military base. You'd assume that the quality, the expectations, the standards would be much, much higher, but they're really not and there was a couple things very concerning to me too with their schooling um they do like background checks in order for you to even walk into the building and step into the office i'm like that is extremely concerning why right. <laughs> why are you taking this protocol in here they're like who are you okay <laughs> like it's just it's terrifying yeah. the world is a terrifying place <laughs> outside of chicago Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Chicago, too. It's not yeah. It's not the safest. I don't think anywhere you're truly safe. Right. But if you're smart, you're aware, right. you're fine. Yeah. I think that's definitely something that applies to even working. If you're aware and you're on top of your toes and you know how to essentially get things done, you'd always be successful. Yeah. Well, who, who, to know, who to go to to help you get mm-hmm. things done. So. Yeah. Which is how you moved up in less yeah. than a year. <laughs> you knew who to make those connections with almost immediately because of all the projects that you were helping out with. So that's awesome to hear how well that worked out for you. And it's nice to know that you left a high stress, probably black and white environment (laughs) (laughs) to come somewhere that's extremely lenient, very relaxed, very laid back. And we have so many amazing perks. Like we had puppies up here the other day. Oh really? Yeah, I think like two weeks ago, it was really amazing just to take those 15 minutes away from your desk play with puppies that want to get adopted that is so amazing yeah i think i think the environment that you like uh sometimes it can like coax you into this this feeling that uh, it's like just so relaxing but mm-hmm. that was also like really high expectations as well and so yeah I think that's a that's like a perfect balance of like doesn't matter that you're wearing not wearing a suit or dressed you know dressed up because you literally on a daily people basis. coming in like they're gonna go through the gym <laughs> right but you uh but when you come in you're like serious about getting your work done and contributing and having an impact and mm-hmm. everyone's that way is that like there's this relaxed fun attitude but also seriousness about like being being professional and mm-hmm. getting your work done and so it's been great to uh be a part of this and great great to see you you all uh as part of the pro the Europe program like especially in Chicago, because that's what I have more visibility into, mm-hmm. um, uh, grow in your roles and get comfortable, more comfortable with the team environment and in yeah. day-to-day. And so it's been good to see that change. Um, cause, oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, early days, we were very much, like, very reserved and now it's part of the team. So that's great Yeah, that's something Clay calls me out a lot. Every now and again, she's like, you need to bond with the team more. Like, get out of your bubble. I'm like, yeah, I can't. Yeah. No, <laughs> but, well, if you look back at your first week. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> you, you've gotten out of your bubble. I think for your sure. Your first bubble. Maybe there's a second bubble. <laughs> no, no, but, like, it made a difference even then, like, moving floors because me and Mason, we were, like, outside of where oh, the rest of the team was. So we were just kind of very quiet. And I was completely <laughs> under the impression that Mason was this quiet little individual, much like myself. Just keep to yourself, and you really won't speak up unless someone really speaks to you or you need to. So I was under that impression with Mason, but then we moved downstairs. I'm like, what was I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> of course he's not. <laughs> yeah. Just like the rest of the team, it's it's amazing though, just to see how that bond is there and how that relationship is there, and how we are not exclusive to what is the rest of central operations. We're very inclusive with central operations, regardless. Like, okay, you don't have the same title I have, but we're still on the same team. Yeah. We're still, you know, 
in the same little family bubble. So right. it's amazing. I, I love it. Moving <laughs> forward, what kind of advice would you give on to the future interns that come in? Whether it's in central ops, tech lounge, wherever. Yeah, I think um, a lot of stuff we talked about. And so I think like enjoy, enjoy the environment of like what LinkedIn has to offer and all the perks and benefits. But then also like, you know, come in and learn, like learn why we do things and what, what, what we're doing and how you can have an impact on, on, the, on the business and on the team. Um, uh, I think the relationships, like build the relationships across, across your team and then even outside of your team uh, to the extent possible, like where you can go and network and, and, and understand what people do and kind of learn from all their different experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think, and then I think just think of the opportunities that like of, of learning about how LinkedIn as a business works compared to your other experiences outside of LinkedIn. Um, so obviously you want to apply it back, all the learnings that you had from the six months within mm-hmm. the Europe educational process or, or cla- more as a classroom process, is that what it's called? Or Ish. more classroom, classroom-ish yeah, process? So we, we get a lot of, a lot of our stuff revolves around public speaking. Okay. <laughs> because we will be meeting, we're expected to meet with like people up in the C-suite and all that beautiful fun stuff. So not a lot of the people that attend Europe are, not only have they not worked a day in their life, because <laughs> some of them might be fresh out of high school, so they don't have that exposure, they don't have that experience or anything. So a lot of the time it's spent on public speaking. A lot of it is just mostly communications, just to okay. know we focus mostly on the soft skills as opposed to the hard skills because hard skills anybody can teach anybody can learn yeah generally right soft skills it's something that you really need to like work on and really hone at the end of the day so we do a lot of that but we also do the hard skills so we get a lot of um, attention driven to the microsoft suite which is amazing and then depending on what program you end up taking up within the Europe program, whether yeah. it's project management, like me and my, me Special, and my specialization. Yeah. Mm-hmm. then there is those extra courses. Yeah. So, so yeah, so I take that, like, see, your, how do you apply your day-to-day back to what you learned within that time period, but also in your previous experience, like job experiences, mm-hmm. but also trying to like take this experience and say, okay, how can I apply that to like what I want to do next? Um, and so I think that's really important to make that connection. Um, the other thing I think is uh, to come in with an open, like LinkedIn is a unique place. Um, we talked a lot about uh, like the diversity and the, mm-hmm. um, the inclusiveness of, of LinkedIn. And so w- while I, I know sometimes it's hard to like think that come before you experience it, uh, come in with an open mind and open heart to like, you know, open yourself up a little bit more than you may be comfortable with mm-hmm. on a, a, outside of um outside of work or in your previous experiences, because I think if you do that, you're going to be able to take a lot of, a lot more away from, oh, from yeah, that. For sure. um, and so um, break down some of those barriers that may feel uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. know that people like, people mm-hmm. do care about other humans here and oh, we yeah, care about sure. people's success and we care about people like, make, like being able to make a difference in the world beyond just um, selling more LinkedIn products or whatever the case may be. So um, I think that's, that's an important part of it as well. That's awesome. That's very great news. Like one thing I would definitely love to add, I really, really, really love stressing this out to not only people within my age group, but also those younger than me. Like I'm 25 now, so 
I'm one of the more older people in the program. I'm one of the more seasoned individuals when it comes down to the workplace. I've held a career at one point, but I don't have solid educational credentials behind my belt because straight out of high school, I took the vocational route. I was like, I'm not interested in anything that a traditional four-year university or even a college, uh, city college would offer me. Flat out not interested, took on the other route. So I have a great amount of experience that brought me both really, really, really terrible working environments, really, really terrible people to even work with or work on specifically. But all of those experiences, I don't think I can call them negative experiences or bad experiences. I refuse to say, yeah, I've had those and this is how I choose to identify them. I feel like those quote unquote bad and negative experiences, ultimately they are positive experiences. Every experience you get it is what you want to make of it. You either let it become negative or you let it become positive and help that drive you to understand not only who you are, how you work, and what you prefer and what's going to help you thrive, but ultimately what you're not willing to accept. Yeah. I feel like it helps to really build up on your limitations, your boundaries, and making sure that those who are around you are not only recognizing that after you vocalized it, but also ultimately respecting it. Because if you're not being respected, not even to that level, you shouldn't be there. Yeah. It is not the place for you. It's a, it's a good attitude to have to make, take every experience and make, make it a learning experience and make it a good experience for yeah. yourself. And you learn a lot from those at the end of the day. Like. Absolutely. <laughs> and you learn the most. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Massaging really provided me with all of those experiences. Yeah. I think out of all the jobs I've ever had, that particular field really taught me what I'm willing to accept yeah. and what I am not going to accept. Point blank period, no, it's answer but It's just no. The moment I see it, no. <laughs> That's good. Know where, your, know where your boundaries are. Oh, yeah. I feel like being firm with it is extremely helpful, and I like that. Coming into LinkedIn, that was one of the first things me and Clay had established on our one-on-one. Just, okay, what is your style? I'm like, awesome, lovely, only to come to find out that we are literally the same person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So it made things so much more smoother. And I feel like probably that's where having those connections and having those relationships here really do come to great value. Yeah. So it's really great. Good. I'm glad you had a good experience. Yeah. And passing sure. it on now to, to yeah. the next group. Yeah. Hopefully the next group that does come in, they have the same mindset that me, Andre, and Raquel had of we're not leaving. And <laughs> we're going to try to make every effort possible to make sure that we don't leave, whether it's within our department, whether it's steel desk, whether it's in the tech lounge or with media operations. Whether or not it's in there, we just want to make sure that we're still here. Yeah. It's a very, very amazing company. Not only did we look up the additional perks, but overall, it's just, it's amazing. I feel like if there were to be a next play ever in my life, it's going to be structured around how LinkedIn works and how I was treated at LinkedIn and overall just the experiences I gained here. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Thank you so much, Ben. Oh, thank you. It's been good discussions.